Support for this podcast and the following message come from Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey. Jack Daniels is the oldest, mellowest, whiskiest whiskey, and every drop is made in Lynchburg, Tennessee. Jack Daniels, turning nights into stories since 1866. Please drink responsibly. For NPR Music, you're connected to all songs considered. I'm Bob Boylan. So, what is an anthem? The Star Spangled Banner, obviously an anthem, but there's a broader definition that we are cooking up, right? And I'm here with the we, Elizabeth Blair from NPR and the Arts Desk. Hi, Bob. Hi there, and I'm here with Robin Hilton. We're starting a series, and it starts on July 4th appropriately, and we all think of one thing as an anthem for sure. We can all agree the national anthem is an anthem. God bless America is an anthem. That's right, but you wouldn't do a series about anthems that would just be that. We all have personal anthems. We all arise to an occasion because of a song. Tell us about this series. Yeah, well, the series, it it comes out of the fact that Colin Kaepernick took a knee during the national anthem and, and other football players followed him. You know, we're living in a time where people are talking about what does it mean to be an American? What values do we hold? So that got us thinking about songs that have a political theme, patriotic theme. And then we thought, well, the the definition of anthem is very broad. It's, you know, rousing, uplifting song around an idea, a feeling, you know, a principle. And so we are, yes, we are defining anthem in the broadest sense possible. We have female empowerment anthems that we'll look at, civil rights anthems, anti-war anthems. And the we look at means it on, on NPR, on the radio On the network, on, on the network, on um, Morning Edition on All Things Considered. The radio segments will air there and at NPR.org. We've done these big series before, as you know. We have did 50 Great Voices. Long ago, we did the NPR 100, where we take a song and, and we build a story around it. We look at the context in which it was created. We look at how, in this particular series, how do people use songs? You know, it's an anthem because people use it for some reason. So, and an example, uh, Robin Hilton, you've got... Uh this Little Light of Mine. Yeah, the song This Little Light of Mine, I thought it was a really beautiful moment that happened in an otherwise unsettling day in Charlottesville. White supremacists had gathered there to march, and there were counter-protesters on hand, and the counter-protesters at one point began singing this song. We have audio for you. You guys sing? went on for a while what you heard at the beginning you first heard one of the white nationalists say you will not replace us and then you heard someone a little closer on mic say do you sing and that was a person who was recording this audio asking uh, the protesters if they sang if they wanted to join in on this song that the counter protesters were singing 
Yeah, this little light of mine, it's such an interesting story because, I mean, so many children have sang it when we were little. Um, You know, choirs sing it. It was co-opted by the civil rights movement. Um, For the radio segment, Eric Deggins is doing that story, and he did a number of interviews with people um, who know the history. Uh, And one of them was a Reverend Seku, um, and he was there at the protest that day. And he's a musician and actually... Yeah, he's been here at our offices, their tiny desk. Their tiny desk, oh, yeah. Great. Yeah. Well, we had originally said we were going to stand silently, but the Nazis were literally marching past us in these various battalions, cursing and yelling, mostly homophobic slurs at us. And you could feel the energy, other people who weren't with us, right, who we had not trained, who were not part of our crew of clergy were getting amped up. And I do know that Pentecostals, we talk about changing the atmosphere. And so I know song could do that. So I just broke out in this little light of mine because it's to stand in front of all that darkness, men with machine guns, protecting Nazis from clergy in robes, and that we weren't going to let the darkness have the last word. Such an expressive fellow. Yeah. Amazing. And he helped get that song going at the rally in Charlottesville. Yeah. Yeah. And it really, I think, diffused the tension when they started singing. Let's pick another song. There's a song from Nina Simone, To Be Young, Gifted in Black. Let's play that, something I wouldn't immediately think of as an anthem. And that's, I think, some of the beauty of this series. Not only do we learn about anthems and dig into them in ways that we didn't know them before, but then we hear songs that we wouldn't think of as an anthem, but there's good reason for them to be an anthem. And so let's play this Nina Simone tune. Nina Simone song. What what is this? A uh, late sixties? It was released in nineteen seventy, uh-huh. uh, and the title "To Be Young, Gifted, and Black" comes from her friend Lorraine Hansberry, who had recently died. She wrote a, I believe it's a play called "To Be Young, Gifted, and Black," um, and you know, there again, it's at the time there were no songs really like that that reached. The, the masses, and in this case, the African-American masses, saying, we are gifted, we are 
prized. We are precious. Um, Say it loud. James Brown was so, the closest thing yeah, I could think of. Yeah, but this is different in yeah, a way. You know, this is, it, it's got a gospel feeling to it. It's got a, you know, it's very singable. And so, so far we've done songs that I can absolutely hear as anthems, but sometimes you hear songs and, uh, well. Seriously, Robin's on the desk. That's he's got, plenty. He's, That's he's plenty. got his hand in the air. <laughs> Tell us why. Well, this was one when, when you were, Elizabeth, asking for suggestions. This is one I thought of. And I, I, it came out when I was in high school, and I just could not stand it. It's We're Not Gonna Take It by Twisted Sister. But <laughs> even as much as I couldn't stand it, I had to admit, to me, it fit the very definition of an, of an anthem because I remember all the kids in school back in the 80s were singing this song and it, it I mean to the, the teachers to the teachers <laughs> to their parents that this this was an anthem of youth empowerment so, so to speak and uh, oh. <laughs> all those now all those people have grown up all those young people have grown up and many of them have become teachers and they're singing it for a very different reason um, I mean one of the reasons we chose this song is because uh, there have been many teachers protests in Oklahoma Arizona Kentucky and lo and behold one of the songs they are singing while they are protesting is this one but it sounds very different when the teachers sing it let's listen to the teachers <laughs> All right, take down from the desk, Robin. Let's hear the teachers. Yeah, yeah no kidding. <laughs> And I have to admit, in this context, it gives me a little bit of a chill. Yeah. They sound, I mean, and yeah. also, they sound great. Yes. Yeah. Like, this is not just a random crowd. It's like, are they, were they all music teachers or something? They, they sound quite this, good. This is one of the pieces you're doing. And it, was this about um, teachers? Were they protesting teachers' salaries? Or what was this protest Conditions, about? salaries, all, all of that. Yeah. And we are going to interview Dee Snyder, who is very moved and honored that the teachers are are, are singing it at their rallies. That's fantastic. Twisted Sister returns. (laughs) I'm going to take a break in a second. But if I'm a listener out there and I'm thinking, I've got an anthem. I want to tell everybody my anthem. How how would they do that? We want to hear. We want to hear from you. We we especially want to hear stories about singing anthems, but also make suggestions. Uh, They go to our website. The site will live um, at NPR Music. What's your American anthem? There's a submission. You fill it out, hit send. Great. So uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. I know I've got an anthem. How about you, Mr. Oh, definitely. And Elizabeth? Oh, of course. Great. Support for this NPR podcast and the following message come from ELS Studio 3D Premium Audio, available in the all-new 2019 Acura RDX. Surrounded by 16 speakers and 710 watts, ELS Studio 3D lets you take studio-quality sound on the road. Developed with eight-time Grammy Award-winning recording engineer Elliot Shiner, it's a whole new dimension in sound that lets you hear the music the way it was originally intended to be heard. Precision-crafted audio performance exclusively from Acura. 
Support also comes from Stitcher Premium, featuring Weird Al Yankovic from his recent ridiculously self-indulgent, ill-advised vanity tour, where for the first time he played just his original songs. Enjoy 77 performances, each unique with a different set list, professionally mixed and mastered, and including Al's impromptu stage banter. Listen to Weird Al Yankovic now on Stitcher Premium. For a free month of Stitcher Premium, go to stitcherpremium.com slash weirdal and use promo code SONGS. 77 shows. Each one's different. Wow. And you can hear everyone. The Vanity Tour. That's I love amazing. it. Uh, we're talking anthems. We're talking American anthems. I'm here with Elizabeth Blair from NPR and Robin Hilton. And uh, listeners can tell us, their anthems, and we may run with it and do a story about it. There's a song called Make Them Hear You. It's a song that originally appeared in the musical Ragtime, but the version we're going to play was recorded at a rally in Tennessee, and it was sung by a gay men's choir, the song Make Them Hear the one thing that's getting clear to me the more I think about this is that almost all of these songs and what makes an anthem an anthem in many ways is the ability the ability to unite people and be able to sing this thing together that creates this beautiful community instantly we, we heard that with Milk the song yeah. that she did at the uh, Women's March in Washington uh, you hear it right here, you, and you hear them getting more powerful, the message, the community getting tighter as the song progresses. It's really beautiful. That's absolutely right. It's yep. the collective, expressing a collective emotion together. And what's happening, uh, I'm getting emotional thinking about just this, in this video clip, what's happening is there are two protesters holding these hateful signs that are, you know, anti-LGBTQ. And this gay men's choir forms a circle around these two lone protesters, and they just belt this song oh out gosh. at them. And if you, if you watch that clip or you listen to the audio we just played, at can the we put that online? Yeah, yeah we'll put and we'll put it on our on our site. Uh, you hear someone say, "You're disgusting" yeah, at the beginning that, of that, and they break into the song, <laughs> and it's really powerful. But a listener wrote in to suggest this song and talked about seeing this video online. This listener from Long Island. I'm quoting them, says, I think that moment captures both the adversity and triumph that exists in this country. There's always been hate, and unfortunately, there will continue to be hate. There also exists a force within people, however, to stand up to that hatred and demand justice. That ideal is present and make them hear you, and the song likewise demands that we not sit idly by while injustice occurs. Only through solidarity will oppression bow down. Mm 
One could use force to achieve this justice, or as the song encourages, one can keep the memory of struggle and determination alive through the power of words. Which is a beautiful comment from mm. listeners who've contributed to this already, Elizabeth. Yeah, very much so. Well, so, yeah. um, personal anthems. You must have one. You've uh, been working on this series for a bit. And... I know. I have several. I mean, I will tell you one that is maybe a surprise for people. Because, you know, yes, anthems, are they express our collective emotions. Um, but they can also be an anthem that is sort of uplifts, rouses in a more intimate way. Um, one of our songs, our coming-of-age anthem, is um, At 17 by Janice Ian, um, because mm. it's one of the first songs where you could call it confessional, but where... You know, listening to that song, a lot of women felt united in the spirit of that song and the emotions of that song. Um, but um, I think a more obvious but choice, which is one I, I love deeply, is um, the Buffalo Springfield song for what it's worth. And I happened to see Stephen Stills and Judy Collins at the Kennedy Center on Saturday, and Stephen Stills made the remark that this song he wrote back in the 60s about a very specific moment. It was the teenage riots on Sunset Boulevard. Right. They were trying to curfew people going to clubs and stuff in 1966. And... Right. And that was this very specific incident that inspired that song. He says, but then it became something else. People took it, and it means a lot of things to a lot of different people, whether it's anti-war or civil rights or it's violence in general. Um, and he says, you know, this song has not lost its relevancy in 50 years. Yeah, I love that. And I love uh, the, the idea that a song takes on a meaning larger than its original intent. Let's hear a little. There's something happening here what it is ain't exactly clear There's a man with a gun over there Telling me I got to beware I think it's time we stop Children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going This song's still relevant 50 years later. And uh, you, you know the dystopian future of The Handmaid's Tale, which takes place Lord knows how many years into the future. To promote the second season, they did a slow acapella version of this song. Did they? And it was so haunting in that context when you realized what it was, you know, it felt like it was written for the future, this future dystopian picture that they paint. Uh, but yeah, still relevant. I just listened to a little more of this. Yeah. yeah. What a field day for the heat A thousand people in the street Singing songs and they're carrying signs Mostly say hooray for our side It's time we stop, hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down When you're always afraid Step out of line The man come And take you away, away. We better stop Hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going now Stop Hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going now We better stop now What's that sound? 
lot of classic songs like this, you've heard so many times they lose their potency, but I just don't think that's true in this case with this one. It's such a fertile time when, I mean, what happened in 60, well, really 66, 67, 68, we're feeling again in music. We have so much music that is coming of age now because of the way people feel about the world around them. And I think this will be, I mean, we're 50 years out from that. So in 2068, remember this cat, our intern, in 2068, (laughs) remember I said this, I won't be here, but (laughs) we'll do a show 50 years from now, I'm sorry, do a show 50 years ago. For the looks at some of the amazing music that's coming out today, I never want people to think that there was some golden age of this stuff. There is so often fertile ground that brings the writing talent and the emotions out of people. And songs written today that may mean one thing in years to come will mean something else. Mr. Hilton. Well, it's interesting you talk about coming of age because when I I was first asked, what what would you think of when you think of American Anthem? I didn't even have to give it two seconds thought. I immediately thought, America. The song America by Simon and Garfunkel. Oh, not that, yeah. Right, yeah. That America. Yeah, that America by Simon and Garfunkel, uh, which to me is the ultimate song about coming of age. But, you know, and I'm not even sure if this song um, fits the strictest definition of an anthem, but... It has always, to me, felt like a a call to arms for the idea of America and the American spirit. You know, we are a land of dreamers, and it's a land where you're free to pursue those dreams. And despite what the ongoing uh, immigration debate has left a lot of people thinking, it is historically a land of opportunity for those who seek it. And uh, I just feel like this song perfectly captures that spirit. You know, it, it's just this classic tale of youthful idealism. These two friends and lovers head out to find America. And though you don't n- know exactly who's on the bus with them, you get the feeling that it's uh, a diverse group of people and they're all seeking the same thing, the same dream. Anyway, it's a song that has always filled me with just love for everybody and hope. And it makes me grateful to live here. And it was also the beauty of the sort of the average day-to-day looking out yes. the window of a bus that makes what you love about this country beautiful. Uh, let's play some. Let us be lovers when marry our fortunes together Some real estate here in my bag So we bought a pack of cigarettes And this is Wagner Pies And walked off to look for America Kathy, I said as we bought a degree Michigan seems like a dream to me now It took me four days to hitchhike from Saginaw I've come to look for America Laughing on the bus Playing games with the faces she said the man in the gabardine suit was a spy I said be careful, his bow tie is really a camera 
song too it gets more and more emphatic there oh nice choice yeah. and and yeah i mean i think we we uh, elizabeth we've all chosen songs for the most part that had protest edge to it but this is this is not that I no mean, not and, at all and so the anthem doesn't have to be that we're doing a call out yeah. think broadly like what is the song that identifies you what is a song that you rally around that that is you right. even if ways. it unites people in a quiet way it, right. uh, that makes you feel less alone in, in how you're feeling and it doesn't even yet have to be classic i mean these songs we're playing including the pick i'm gonna make are almost 50 years old if not more but there are plenty of songs today right well kendrick lamar's uh from to pimp a butterfly his song all right became a, a huge anthem other ones that listeners submitted the canon the immigrants we get the job done which uh, oh, that's a good one yeah and we will have um, some Latinx uh, songs on here, like Mi Gente by J Balvin, which came out uh, last year. Uh, you know, there's also this song by Milk, yeah. Quiet, Quiet uh, yeah. which she debuted. I mean, she had written it before, but it was at the Women's March. And now I think it's been sung in several different languages. And all her music is about uni- unifying people and making you feel like you're not alone mm-hmm. in the world. That's great. I'm going to take us out because... Uh, when I was a kid growing up in, in New York, uh, I could often uh, feel alone in the music I love. And I moved to, later moved to um, this area, the Washington, D.C. area. And so it was a time in my life where I was trying to make new friends and blah, blah, blah. And uh, this song connected me with the world and I knew how important music had become for me and, and was going to be for me. We're going to go out on a song called Rock and Roll by the Velvet Underground. And uh, we want you to tell us your anthem by going to the NPR Music website, yep. uh, listening to the very first of many installments over the course of the year on the American Anthem. Thank you, Elizabeth Blair. Thank you, Bob. Thanks for having me and Robin. Yeah, absolutely. Our pleasure. Ah, it's all right. Bye, everybody. From Hair Music, it's all songs considered. When she was just five years old There was nothing happening at all Every time she puts on the radio There was nothing going down at all Not at all Then one fine morning she puts on a New York station You know she don't believe what she heard at all She started shaking to that fine, fine music You know her Saved by rock and roll Despite all the amputations You know you could just go out 
Come now. 